This is Maurice Philogene, and welcome to the Try Life Farm podcast. Well, you may not believe it, but I've been an actor. I've tried out for the NFL, been a street cop, federal agent. I worked my way up the military chain of command to the rank of lieutenant colonel. I was also an executive at a global consulting firm, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of real estate in the United States. I've started developing on a Mediterranean island, and to boot, I've traveled to 100 countries over 300 times, and generally all this stuff at the same time. No, I'm not trying to be everywhere. I'm not trying to do everything. What I was trying to do, and I'm still trying to do, is to try life on, to plug into planet and earth as intended, and to fill my life book with experiences and relationships, and not just accept the status quo. So what we're gonna do on this podcast is introduce you to the mindset, the skill set, the soul set, the approach that is Try Life On, and expose you to the people who've been doing it just like me, their tools, their tips, their tactics to trying life on, because we all can try life on in our own way. So sit back, relax, let's go for a ride. Let's go try life on. How you doing, try life on family? What's happening? This is Maurice Philogene. Hope everything is well. Pretty cool episode today. If you visited the Try Life On site, you know that I obviously I do coaching and lifestyle design, sometimes specific to real estate, sometimes specific to building lifestyle you don't need vacation from, which is the whole purpose of the podcast as well to help you get there. <clears throat> but from time to time, I have these one one off consultation calls. And these amazing humans who have questions relative to their own uh, lifestyle, their own desire to get into real estate, or their own desire to be geographically free around the world will come and ask questions specific to their case study. And that was the case, if you will, with my man, Sean Ray. And Sean set up a call with me to talk about getting into real estate. But it was really specific, because just like you, most likely, just like everybody else, my man has been working very hard over his life. He was married once, had a divorce. Now he's remarried, has two wonderful kids. I think they're twins and they're two years old. And he's starting to think to himself, how do I best set myself up for financial freedom? Is it through real estate? Is it through some other thing? And he's been following me on social media for a while. And he wanted to ask me some questions, which I asked if we could share it with you, because I think it would be super relevant to your life. All right. So here are some of the things. <clears throat> he works in the IT space, lives out in Vegas, um, starting to think about financial freedom. What is the path to get there? Like, what's the methodology to leveraging real estate to get there? But pay attention to how at the end of the call, I really do orient him on the fact that he has this amazing virtual job right now where he could build lifestyle around that virtual job and be mobile with his family while going on the financial freedom journey in the background. See, that's the thing. Everybody thinks you need financial freedom to go have a lifestyle. And I think it's, that's totally wrong. If you have a virtual gig, or even if you have a gig that you love, like when I was a police officer, I loved what I did. So I felt free. But in this case, he has a virtual gig. So why not build the lifestyle that he wants while doing the financial stuff in the background? Anyways, I thought this was a great conversation about business, about real estate, about assets, the fact that they are purposeful and you shouldn't just be chasing the shiny object just because someone on social media says it. We talk specific to goals. You'll hear goals be talked about a lot. Um, just check it out. I think it'll be very relevant for most of you who are trying to build some relative sense of financial freedom or trying to design your life in a way that is more meaningful to you. So sit back, relax. I want to thank my man, Sean, for letting me take this consultation call and put it on the podcast. And if you like it, let me know. Throw a, throw a review, throw some stars on it and give me a sense of uh, what I can do better. But enjoy the conversation with my man, Sean. 
Yeah, all right. Yeah, thanks for connecting with me. I really, really appreciate it. I know you're a busy guy. I know <laughs> this is what you do. I've been listening to your content for approximately like eight months now. A lot of it's resonating with, you know, some things that I've been thinking about for a while. I know a lot about you based on listening to your content. I wanted to share about who I am and yeah. start getting your thoughts. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm from Detroit, Michigan. Mm-hmm. I grew, grew up there. I went to college in Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee, basically studied communications, uh, mass communications, radio, TV, theater. And coming out of college, wasn't making a whole lot of money, fell into actually IT. So I was uh, getting involved in, you know, IT support and administration on IT side of things. Got married really early, like coming right out of college, had a wife, a baby, uh, Mm -hmm. early 20s, and Five years later, basically divorced <laughs> and, and then just kind of struggling through. Now, interesting, I always had this entrepreneurial mindset coming out of college. I was that was during the time it was around like 2000. Uh, a lot of the dot com stuff was going on. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I tried to actually started a website. It was uh, HBCUjobs.com, actually. And nice. my idea my idea was to actually like have a place where people can come and look for relevant job information related to HBCUs. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I paid a company to help me start up. And I, I kept it going for a little while, but ultimately I wasn't profitable. And and I think for me, when I kind of reflect on what happened, it's really, I never had a mentor. Mm-hmm. I never had someone who was in those like areas with those disciplines to help me through. I did seek help. I just wasn't able to connect with anybody that, you know, uh, I could connect with uh, that could help me. And I guess maybe just, I didn't know who to talk to. Yeah, I'm with you. Young guy. So I, mm-hmm. I basically felt that business venture. And I don't look at it as failures, just, you know, lessons. No, it's just something you go through. And I, I was the same yeah. way. I didn't have any, I had aisle six of the Fairfax County Library is what I had. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but fast forward, I got caught up in a whole like child support and a whole like yeah, yeah. trying to figure out how to support myself in my career. And um, I was actually in the military as well. I was an Air, Air National Guard. Oh, right on. That's where um, I started. Yeah, yeah. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I actually was considering to be an officer when I graduated, but I said, oh, you know, I'm just going to tough it out in the private sector and try to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just really, I think for really over a decade, just really got caught up in the, not necessarily call it, but I tried to advance my career. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did, I started, you know, have IT certifications and get, get more and more money. Mm-hmm. But I think as, as the years went by, I started learning like other folks, just to learn, like the more money you make, a lot of times the more money you spend. And, if, you know, I, I was putting up money for rainy day fund and then rainy days just kept coming and coming. And I, and I lost, you know, I, I ended up moving around it to, uh, because uh, my IT career is like really focused on hospitality side. So mm-hmm, hospitality mm-hmm. industry, hotels, casinos. So that's how I got here in Vegas, which is where I live today. You're in Vegas. Okay. Mm-hmm. Vegas. I remarried. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, started gr- climbing up my career, director. Now I'm like a, basically a senior product manager with, with Kroger. Uh, so I'm making like six figures, like low, like mid six figures. And, you know, feeling good about that. Uh, we, we, my new wife, <laughs> my current wife, we've been actually married for about 10 years, which is really, really cool. But uh, we just we just have uh, twins. Mm-hmm. So, oh, uh, yeah, they're two years old, but I've been like really slammed like, to take care of that. But now, I'm, so basically, I'm, I'm 47 looking at the door saying, okay, you know, I need to get this thing together because I want time freedom. I want financial freedom. Mm-hmm. And uh, ultimately, you know, if it takes me 10, 12 years to get there, then so be it. But I just want to go ahead and, you know, start getting the ball rolling. So, you know, I haven't done a whole lot of like savings, but 
that I'm working on that every, I do get bonuses every year, not necessarily guaranteed, but pretty much they, they've been like way over, over than estimated. So approximately somewhere around 60,000 a year in bonuses. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm trying to plan for that and say, okay, when I get the next payout, uh, in, in addition to what I can save, like how should I you know, manage that money for investment purposes? So um, I had, uh, you know, I think with real estate, I did take a look at it in years past. And I think one of the things I never really understood, I, I always looked at my debt to income ratio and I would, I would think, okay, well, if I get one rental property, that's great. But then I'm kind of stuck. I won't be able to get another one just because I didn't understand this banking industry and, uh, you know, maybe how they, they, they uh, I guess, look at the, the rent that's coming in and, you know, yeah, they typically look at that, but I, don't, I, don't, I didn't know anything about it. Yeah, they typically look at 75%. Well, it's been a while since I did single family, but they typically look at 75% of the rent coming in. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, that, that's, that's something that I didn't know. And so I, I guess that makes sense how you could get one property. And then even though uh, you're still paying down the mortgage on that particular property, you can get another property. Of course, as long as the numbers, the banks don't care. Well, now they might be a little bit sensitive right now because liquidity is a problem. But um, as long as the numbers match up on your balance sheet and you fit the criteria, they'll keep lending. That's their job is to lend money. You know, so with that, and, and I, this is really interesting to me. So with that, I was also concerned about, like when I was trying to do my other my business, I always thought about like trying to make it an LLC. You know, um, how does, what's your advice on that? Like if you start going out and you get, you know, rental properties, whether they're condos or whatever, yeah. and, and you're, you know, you're starting off and you're going off of, I'm assuming your own credit. Uh, yes, you are. And, and at what point do you consider like doing an LLC or not, or kind of how does that work? You can, you can, so right down, there's a company called Lima One Capital. You'll, you'll want that name. And I'll explain to you in a couple, in a, in a second, but let me just rehash what I heard. So good IT job. I get the family background you know, kind of, kind of in the, in the rat race rhythm, if you will, but you're doing well, you have the ability to store money on a monthly basis, some money, but you certainly have these bonuses coming in and you and the family are at a point where you recognize, look, we got to be smart about investing this money and getting cash flowing assets or assets in general for the purpose of some relative time, freedom, financial freedom in the future. That's what I kind of got from your. Exactly. Okay. And have you, have you done, do you own the home that you're in now? Yeah, we're owners. So interesting. Okay. I have a situation where I, I, I wish I did it differently somewhat, but mm -hmm. um, my wife is on the primary mortgage and okay. I, I'm on the HELOC. Okay. So I have, um, so we have that going on, but you know, we're homeowners. That's okay. That's fine. And all right. So you are homeowners, but you don't own, do you have anything else on the balance sheet? Like, do you have stocks? Do you 401k? Do you IRA? Yeah, I have, a mixture, I have a mixture of that, mixture of stocks. Um, okay. I, I, no, I don't do 401k. I did in the past and I had to take out money for emergency to hit me with taxes and I never just got back into it. Okay. Um, yeah, my wife has more assets uh, within, in the 401k world than I do. Okay. Um, but yeah. I got you. All right. So here's the way, like when I coach people in my own financial freedom journey, I'm going to link you. There's a, there's a podcast episode, probably not next week or the week following. I think it's in like three weeks, but I literally did a 20 minute spiel. Like five days ago, I was just in a hotel room and I just went off on how you how you get how I went through financial freedom, how I did it. I'm gonna send you a link for that recording so you can listen to it. Okay. Okay. Um, 
but essentially, look, I, I tell people you have a certain level of income, you have a certain level of expenses. The difference typically is money that you can store on a monthly basis. So let's just call it two grand. Like if you have, if between you and your wife, if you have two grand of free floating cash, it needs to be sent to some storage, something somewhere, like a savings account or whatever, for the specific purpose of buying an asset. The reason I say store, you see my post, but the reason I say storage, not savings, because storage is intentional money. You are storing that money with the specific purpose of buying an asset when the storage account has enough cash in it, right? So yeah. if you're storing money for 10 months at two grand a month, then you have 20 grand, then you get that awesome 60 grand bonus, you have 80 grand, boom. You have enough money to go out and buy a pretty good investment property or go into a multifamily as a syndication or whatever it is that you want to do. But you got to get into that cycle. It's just a cycle. And what people don't realize is like, Okay, to get that 80 grand in the example that we just talked about, it took 10 months, right? Because you have to get, let's call it a year. You have to get your bonus, you, you know, you, whatever. Let's right. call it a, a year. But when you go buy that first asset, let's say you use the whole 80 towards one property, okay? And let's say that that property now cash flows 500 bucks because of how you bought it, all right? We could probably get you more than 500 bucks, but let's say, let's say, let's say it cash flows 500 bucks. Well, now... When you're storing again, you're not storing $2,000 a month. You're storing $2,500 a month. And now instead of taking a year to get to 80 grand, now we're taking 11.1 months or 10.5 months, right? To get to that 80 grand. And then you buy it again. And then that next piece of property that you buy is now cash flowing a certain amount of money. And you now add that to storage. So instead of 2,500 bucks a month and you, your wife, you and your wife probably got a raise or something, so we're not talking about 2,500. Now we're talking about 3,300 if you're disciplined. Yeah. And instead of it taking 10 and a half months to raise the 80 grand, now we're taking, I don't know, seven months to raise the 80 grand, right? Mm -hmm. You see how the cycle starts to get shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter over time? Yeah. Right? That is literally how I coach people. And that is why I say you have to do this stuff in some level of boring consistency to allow the cycle to work to put additional assets on your chessboard. Your residents will pay down those mortgages over time. Your rents will go up over time. We didn't even calculate the fact that your rent is gonna probably go up, right? Over, the, over right. that three or four year period. So you would have been storing more money, right? But the problem with people is they just don't have the discipline to continue the storage buying asset cycle for as long as it takes. Now, as long as it takes for a family of, you know, you, your wife, all the kids, I mean, you have, you have real expenses. So I'm not suggesting that you only have two grand worth of bills or something like that, but you can increase your storage by increasing your income. You can increase your storage by decreasing your expenses, or you can do both. I have coaching students right now who to get their storage faster because they caught the bug. Because once you buy a property, you're like, man, I want to go get another one, right? They caught yeah. the bug. So what they did was Instead of doing 20% at the job that gives, or instead of doing 80% of everything at the job that gives 20% of the result, now when they go to work kind of the way that I was when I was in corporate, I just did 20% of the shit to do 80% of the results. I just wanted two paychecks. I didn't go to the networking events. I didn't kiss someone's ass. I didn't take a second role or something, whatever, because I was always doing something else that was making money too. So some of my coaching students have virtual jobs and they didn't tell the first virtual job that they went out and got a full-time second virtual job. They're just meshing them. And the interesting thing is, I, one coaching student has been able to pull it off for a year and a half. She's starting to wear down because it's a lot of coordination and like meshing schedules. And yeah, things. yeah. I, I, I've actually done that. I, I lasted about nine, 10 months. 
So but, I'm, fam- I'm familiar with it. But, yeah. but that, I mean, that helped me get through a really rough time and, and put up a lot of money. And I that's could do it the again. thing. It's, I mean, it's e- purpose- Elon Musk does it. So I don't know oh, what the yep. issue is, right? <laughs> exactly. So, but, 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 but here's the thing. And that's why the top level of the whole 10 step process I talk about is you got to know your why for doing this stuff. If you and the family want to prep for the future, then you're like, hell yeah, I'm going to work this second thing for an eight month period. And 100% of what comes out of that second one is going 100% to storage. And then at eight months, you're like, okay, I'm done with the second one. Yeah. How disciplined and how, how, how aggressive do you want to be? It just depends. But that is legitimately the cycle. That's how I coach people on how to leverage real estate or any asset. It could be buying stocks, it could be buying gold. It doesn't matter. People get so caught up on the amount of money. And I'm saying get caught up on the habit of it, right? Yes. I've been buying assets since I was 24, 23 years old. I've just never stopped. So your thoughts on, um, I guess, the Burr model and this type of economy, it, it, like for my situation where I don't yeah. have that first property. And you know, I, I'm familiar with, if I get a property here in Las Vegas, for example, mm-hmm. My experience with contractors has not has hasn't been good. Uh, sometimes they're unreliable. Sometimes you can't trust them. You have uh, I've had to do a lot of just for my own personal home renovation. I've had to do a sure. lot of oversight. Um, and then you know materials are expensive. And so you know I never I, I never I personally never used the burr. I never used it. I was never a renovation guy. I was a house hack guy. Meaning. I bought a condo, I lived in it, but I bought it with the specific intent of renting it out. So I would buy it, buy it and get a mortgage at a level where I knew the rent was going to cover the mortgage after I moved out, right? You're in a little bit different situation because you have a family. Funny thing is when I post that, people are like, I just had a lady who made a comment and she said, and I understand where she's coming from. She's like, that's very easy for you to say, but when I'm a single mom and I don't have this, this, and this, and I, my response to her was, that's interesting you say that because I was 25 years old when I had my first son who was autistic. And we house hacked nine houses together. Nine. He, I mean, he didn't care as long as dad was there, right? And now we're, we're financially capable. So I don't, I don't buy, buy that. But relative to Burr, you don't have to use it. If you don't want, please, when you think about investing, do the thing that feels natural to you. Don't do the thing that like, oh, I see everybody on the internet doing this, so I'm going to do this. If it makes sense for you to buy a property that is renovated, so you have peace of mind and mental stability over it, then do that. Maybe if you did Burr because there's a bit more risk and with more risk comes reward, maybe it might move a little bit faster. But I would move, I would prefer to move a little bit slower and have peace of mind knowing exactly what I'm buying and knowing I'm not gonna, you know, that I didn't buy a money pit. But, but you know, it's yes. all just a choice. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm. I'm really concerned about making that wise decision and not get into that, like you mentioned, money pit. Obviously, you know everything's a risk, right? But I want to minimize that risk, and I definitely don't want to get to, to a situation where I'm, you know, I'm getting something that is a major rehab or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's very interesting. Uh, your thoughts on? Just I'm just rattling off in, in no, my please. mind, and not not by any like order. Um, yeah. So I looked into like I was considering okay i saw you had pacho capital and you know i guess people can invest and i said okay well let me see if i can invest and then i read that it uh, for certified investors uh, i believe it was you have to have like a million dollars worth of assets separate from your yeah. primary home not necessarily not necessarily so that's what's called being an accredited investor 
um, an accredited investor has a net worth of a million dollars outside of their primary home, or you make two, you've made $200,000 the last two years and reasonably expect to make $200,000 this year or $300,000 as a couple with your wife. However, Quattro and other companies, we, we actually pride ourselves on doing deals that sophisticated investors can get involved in, meaning you generally just have to have money sense, which you do. Because I got, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an old school guy, right? I'm, I got police officers that invest with me now and firefighters that invest with me now. I never want to forget where I came from, ever. We, we, you and I, didn't know about this stuff when we were younger. We didn't have access to these vehicles of wealth, right? right. So while we have had one or two deals that have been accredited only, there's been specific reasons for it. But roughly, I'd say 80% of our deals has been available to everybody. So oh, it's available. Okay. Oh, cool. So with that, I uh, just want to understand this a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Once a person, let's just say, you know, a person invests, you know, $60,000, whatever it is into the real estate fund. Mm -hmm. uh, is that perpetual, I guess, investment capital and return throughout the duration of the, of the project? Or is it, you know, it gets paid off after a certain amount of time? Yeah. So let's, let's, let's talk um, different kinds of funds, okay? When we have a deal-specific fund, it's specific to the property that we are buying. So you would have, let's say the last deal we just did, uh, uh, the Emil in Houston, 240 units. We bought it for $38 million. We raised $17.2 So if you had $100,000 in that deal, the cash flow from that deal is expected to be 6%. So it's $6,000 a year while you wait for the property to appreciate, okay? We always target 20% average rate of return. And on that deal, uh, it's a five-year hold. So conceivably, you're doubling your money in five years, all right? Um, so that's how that would work if it's property specific. If it's not property specific, like we have a fund right now because a lot of people want cash flow. There's an issue right now in the industry where um, liquidity is really tight. Like the, the banking industry is making things very difficult because they're not giving us, we've already got the loan from them, but they got to give us the draw, which is already approved. But the draw is the money that we use to go renovate the place to get the values up and all that type of stuff. Because liquidity is tight and the Fed is um, hiking up interest rates, the banks are being really particular about letting that money out, which causes us a problem because we need to do the renovations which causes my investors problems because I'm not really sending out cash flow right now because I need to keep as much money in the deal as possible. So when you look at a property specific deal, you got to look at it from a long-term perspective, especially with what's happening in the industry. Right now. Everyone will make their 20%, but they got to be patient because it's a long-term play now. The other, the fund that we have going on right now is an 8% cash flow fund, the debt fund, because a lot of people are interested in cash flow. They want to put 100 grand in a deal and they want to know that eight grand is going to come back every year. So we set up a cat, we set up a debt fund to deal with some of the issues that we're having with lenders. We effectively were being our own lender. And in that fund's case, you're not getting the equity pop. You're not getting, you're just getting the 8% cash flow, where if it was deal specific, you're getting the fact that we bought the property at 38 million and we're selling the property at 60 million. What's your percentage of the share right for the cash flow fund you're just getting pure cash flow no upside on it so it just depends on what type of thing you want to do or how you want your money to behave and so with that uh 
for example, if you're involved in the cash flow, the 8% cash flow yep. um, option, for example, then are you considered a like part owner? And then like what? Uh, no, because that one is a debt fund. That is a, that's pure debt. It's not tied to a particular property. What the Quattro partners are doing, we're saying, look, we're raising $5 million. And for that 5 million, we're going to give you 8% on a quarterly basis for three years. You're like, well, what is that backed by, Maurice? Well, it's backed by the Quattro Partners personally, and it's backed by our portfolio of you know almost two hundred million dollars worth of real estate. Um, so in that case, it's not that you're a part owner; it's that you are a lender to us, and we're paying you every three months. You're getting a check from us, and at the end of the three-year period, you get your principal back. Okay, okay. And with the property specific, would you be a part owner or no? You are a part owner, correct? Because when you, when you buy a share, when you're coming in on the property, like the meal that we have in Houston, when you come in on that property, you're buying a piece of the company that owns the property. We set up an LLC, the LLC owns the property and your percentage ownership pro rata to the amount of money. So let's say 100,000, you put in 100,000, 100,000 divided by 17.2 million, whatever that is, that's your ownership share. You are a part owner of the limit. That's what an LP is, a limited partner. But you are part owner of that company, which owns the property. Okay. And obviously, that means you take the good and then you also take the bad. You take the good, you take the bad. Um, but, you know, for a lot of people, especially people who are coming in with retirement funds or are, are long-term minded because they know they're going to be working for a long time, they're not worried about receiving the cash flow right now. What they want is the big bang at the end. They want the, we bought it at 38, we're selling it at 65 money, right? So, yeah. yeah. Oh, this, this is, yeah, this is um, fascinating. Uh, just, I've just never been in this world. So I'm just, I'm just, you know, a new guy yeah. just asking a whole lot of questions. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, and I, I, I don't mind, you know, starting where I'm starting. It's just, you know, everybody starts where they start, I guess. Um, yeah. I was uh, just kind of looking at some of my notes here as I had a, a question about a few things yeah you, you um, did ask me yeah, about so. the llc thing real quick if you're going to buy a property like a single family idea at some point you want to make sure it's in the name of an llc every property i own outside of the one that i personally li live in is in the name of an which i will put in no i can't because my military status uh gets rid of state property taxes for me so i have to have the house in my personal name but everything else I own is in the name of an LLC, and that's liability issues, pure, pure and simple. You don't want it to be in your name because if something happens at that property, then the resident can actually sue you. And I, my, the LLCs, LLCs that I have owned in the past have been sued. They've been sued by the condo association. They've been sued by the resident for whatever ridiculous reason. But they can't pierce that corporate veil to come after me, the individual, because that's what an LLC is for. So you, got, you want to get it in the name of an LLC. So would you get it in the name of, would you buy a property in the name of LLC? Uh, well, initially going to the bank as an LLC, like I'm a new person, I haven't yeah. started and I'll go into the bank and, and I have opened up an account yeah. credit, credit union and I have a you know, LLC, but I don't have any history. Yep. Um, or do you get it as a, like, you know, on your a own? Couple a couple ways to do it, a couple, couple ways to do it. So when I was doing it, when I was doing single family in DC, Maryland, Virginia, what I would do is I would buy it in my own name. In Maryland, it's specifically, there is a clause that allows you to do what's called a quit claim, a quit claim, meaning the state will allow you to transfer the title into the name of the, an LLC because they know what you're trying to do. 
they know that you're trying to protect yourself. Usually when a property changes ownership, deed to deed, you gotta pay recordation taxes and all kinds of taxes. But they waive that in favor of you putting it in the name of the LLC. Now here's the interesting part. The bank, you have a mortgage clause for that mortgage you got. And that mortgage clause says you, Sean, have to maintain this property in your name for the duration of the mortgage. That's the clause that's there, right? Yeah. If technically, if they find out that the property has changed ownership to an LLC, technically, they could call the loan due, technically. But it never, I have never seen it happen because all they care about is that payment coming in. Yeah, interesting. Right? Yeah, they're not worried about that. So yeah. you can buy it in your own name, quit claim, you have to check your state rules, but quit claim it to an, uh, an LLC. Or the reason I gave you the name Lima One Capital is because Lima One Capital will issue a loan in the name of an LLC, but it will still be tied to you personally. But oh, they will okay. allow you to put it in the name of an LLC, but you're going to pay higher rates on that stuff because obviously it's more of a business loan than it is you know, you buying it as an individual. Oh, if you go in initially as an LLC from yes. the very beginning. Yep. It's going to be higher rates. There's more right. risk, right? They're, because they're not, technically, they're not coming after you personally if something happens. Technically. But they can come after you. There's ways they, they can do it. Okay. And um, and I'm assuming that I need to be prepared for maybe, what, like 25% loan for if I decided to go off of my own name as um, an investor? Roughly, sort of. roughly. I would say 10, 20, 10 to 20% if you're going to go the traditional funding route. I think it's going to be like 20%, maybe a little bit more nowadays because of liquidity issues. You could find seller financing. You could find no money down stuff. They, it does exist, but I would be prepared to put some level of money down. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, your thoughts on like condos as opposed to you know, like single family, uh, buying property and renting it. In Vegas, there's, I've just learned about this, but I guess Marriott has uh, properties and these properties have condos in them. Mm -hmm. And you can purchase one of those properties and then basically, yeah, basically Marriott handles, yeah. And you know, you have some responsibility, I'm sure, but they, they handle a lot of logistics and renting it out on a regular basis. Um, and I, I don't know a whole lot about that model, but in others with condos and as opposed to single family, but you're, your, your thoughts on that? I have no problem with condos. I never have. I, I kind of fell into them when I began my career because that's just what a realtor told me to buy because they were 100 grand. A condo fee to me is just another line item expense, just like electric or gas. It's just another fee you got to factor into what you are doing. What you need to be careful of is remember, condos, condo fees is a fee that the condo association collects from you so they can do all these services on your behalf, maintain the exterior of the property, maintain the roof, potentially some services within the building, et cetera, et cetera. If that condo association is being mismanaged, it's gonna, it could hurt at some point because then they could mismanage the money and then all of a sudden come back to Sean and say, hey, listen, we've run out of money. We're gonna do a special assessment. We need you to pay us an extra thousand bucks a month for the next 12 months to help us get secure, whatever. I've, I've bought in my career probably 40, 45 condos. I only had a special assessment happen once. And when it happened, it hurt. It was $1,800 for 18 months. Ouch. It was a lot. Because the roof, it was an old World War II era building. The roof just was horrible. They didn't have it in the budget. 
it is what it is. But what do I really care? Because the other 40 that I bought did just fine. So I just, it was whatever, right? Um, as long as your inflows and outflows make sense, Sean, I, I, I don't have a problem. I also like the fact that condo associations take care of a lot of the maintenance issues and services. I don't want to do that stuff. I want my time, right? Yeah. So if I'm paying someone to do it and then the, the, the rent that I'm getting from the person who uses the property is covering that stuff and I'm making some profit, I'm good with it. Yeah, I think that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a blend where I have a little bit more time because I have the twins and I have you know a job and I might even have a second job and I still want to own the property, but I might not be able to be fully hands-on with managing. And I understand you got to put in work, right? No matter whatever you do. I don't think but you I, have to put in work, Sean. I, I don't think that's the case at all. People say that, but what you have to be willing to do is if it's not a condo or regardless, even if it is a condo, but if you're going to buy a regular home, a townhome, a condo, whatever, just get a property manager and pay them the 10%. It makes no sense. I understand people, oh, I don't want to pay 10%. I want to keep that money for myself. Really? You're hundred dollar profit you don't want to give 10 bucks away of it so you can spend your time finding the next property rather than going there to have to paint something right yeah so the not the big multifamily stuff that i have but the single family stuff that i have i still have five local property managers when i'm overseas they call for decisions they don't bother me unless there's a decision to be made or i call them when i don't see a check come through i don't deal with that stuff at all Oh, that's yeah. That's 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 cool right there. That's <laughs> that's the way that's, uh, that's almost about as passive as you, as you can get. That's it. I mean, it takes time to set all that up, but once it's all set up, I mean, there are some properties I haven't seen in 12, 13, 14 years, and they still pay. Property managers take care of it all. Um, I heard I heard that you mentioned about Cyprus, mm -hmm. and I thought that was really interesting and, and fascinating. Uh, it, it that that project, it, is that a, a project where basically uh, you you know you're building properties and then uh, you'll have others actually buy the you know you'll you'll be able to sell the sell the properties to other folks who are interested in. It? Yeah, I mean Cyprus, that whole thing. What people don't realize when I talk about that, Cyprus is my third real estate life. It, it, I did not necessarily do it for money. I did it because I wanted a different lifestyle. I wanted to be part of something and not just be the American dude who would show up and eat at a restaurant and then leave again, right? Like I wanted to be part of the community. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting, I've never done development before. My business partner has been doing development for a very long time. He's from the island and the, the, the construction. So like my first project is a uh, neighborhood of 12 villas. The construction of those villas is funded by the sales of the villas. So I, you know, I sent a little bit of money up front, let's call it 60, 70, 80 grand to do some stuff. But essentially, when the buyers give down payments towards their plots or whatever, we can use that money to start construction. And then when we get to a certain part, certain phase, the buyers have to send more money because, hey, we've finished 25% of your home, send us more. They send the money, et cetera, et cetera. So the construction of it is actually funded by the sale. So your outlay as an investor is not that much in the beginning because it's being replenished by the sales. You just have to make sure that you're in, in an area where the sales are really strong. And where I am, the sales are extremely strong. So I, I'm not, none of that has to do with the bank. It's all funded by sales themselves. No, that's, that's really, that's really neat. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't know much about that. I'm assuming that same type of model 
happens here all the time oh, in the states i never i never knew about it again when i started developing over there um it was to have a different lifestyle and then now i'm starting to realize developers have been doing this forever it's, it's all funded off of when people are buying plots of land and property and things of that nature and okay we have a certain amount of money we can start building now they might float a little bit of the money or they might go to the bank and get you know a million dollars to do something right quick but it gets replenished really fast with the sales Wow. Yeah, that's neat. Mm -hmm. um, okay. I might want to visit you in Cyprus one day. <laughs> <laughs> You're more than welcome. You know, uh, I, I'm not big on like, personally, I, I can travel a couple of times a year uh, to international and I'm cool. Mm -hmm. um, I don't necessarily have to go, you know, that far. I could just, just sort of, you know, around the town with my family, enjoying things here, you know, set up my movie room in the basement, have a good time, be at my kids' games, and I'm, I'm cool. But, you know, a couple times a year going somewhere like, you know, international is great. Right now, we don't do a whole lot of international travel. We went to China a few times. Uh, but for the most part, it's been more domestic. Next year, we might go to Canada, something like that. Yeah. But, you yeah, know, fine. whatever your niche is. I don't, I mean, I'm there a lot, but th I'm there purposefully. Like you, you hear me talk a lot about building lifestyle. You don't need a vacation from, I don't really take vacations anymore. Cause it's typically like I'm in DC now. I, I was, I was just in Cyprus and Lebanon. I flew back to DC. My son had a, um, a swimming championship. I did not want to miss that. So I'm here for two weeks now. He's actually going to his mom's side of the family's house in Canada for a week and a half. I'm going to go back overseas when he's gone. And then we're going to meet up in the middle and then I'm going to pick them up and we're going to go back overseas again. It's just a lifestyle I've chosen, but it it's funded by all the work I did creating passive income over the years. So it's not like I'm not living this, you know, crazy thing. It's just that I treat uh, airplanes like Ubers. It's no different to me. Like I can take a nine hour ride to Athens or whatever. And I sleep the whole time. I'm usually in business. I sleep the whole time I wake up. I go to the lounge, I take a shower, and I go start my day. I think one of the tri-life on principles is we have the ability to make the world small. The world is very big, but if you start getting used to travel hacking and all the tips and tricks and all that type of stuff and treating the airport like a bus station, because it really is, it's not this massive thing. It's just a place that gets you from point A to point B. Then me going to Athens for two days or me flying out to Istanbul and Turkey is like, all right, I'll, I'll be right back. It's no big deal. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I had a thought about, I want to find out your thoughts on commercial real estate. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, I mean, I, I don't even have a single property at all, but I'm just, I don't know anything about the commercial real estate world. Uh, I guess I guess basically what I'm trying to figure out for me, and I, and I think we've already hit nail on the head, but I just want to confirm, I, I guess I'm looking for a, like a strategy and, and a, your advice on the, basically the best opportunity for me to start and you know to get started with my investment would it be yeah. uh would it be you know going the route of the investment investment into a fund would it be initially going the route of getting a single family or getting you know rental property investment mm -hmm. uh you know just that that first start so i just want to settle on a strategy and just go for it and just stick you know to try to be proficient in that before I even suggest single family, multifamily, active investing, passive investing, stocks, but it, it doesn't, none of it, none of it matters. What matters is your why and your goal. If your goal is like, hey, Mo, 
look, my family, we got six grand of bills a month. And here's a six grand. We got two grand for our mortgage. The, 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 the fearsome twosome cost me about two grand. And then me and my wife want to go out. Like we got six grand. I'm like, okay, well then your goal is probably to generate seven or eight grand at some point in life. Okay. You can, and I do this with my coaching students all the time. We do what's called a financial blueprint based on how much money you can store, based on bonuses, based on what you have on your balance sheet already. Like if your wife has assets and stuff, we can kind of move them around the chessboard and shit like that. And we can actually figure out how long it's going to take to get to that eight grand, right? But real estate as a vehicle is purposeful. You don't, I, I cringe when people are like, uh, I'm going to go do big multifamily. And my point, my, my question is why? If you are interested in seeing your real estate, being there, touching it, being part of the business thing, then I don't think you want to go to multifamily because you're just a limited partner and you're calling Mo all the time for updates. But if you want to be more active, maybe you are doing single family. If, you, if your wife wants to feel more comfortable, maybe that single family is in Vegas, right? But it's all the goal. It's all the goal and what you have comfortability with. So when people are like... Um, Maurice, you were doing uh, you were doing single family for 15 years. Why didn't you just trade all that shit in and go do something else? Oh, it worked. My goal was to get 100 or 13 thousand dollars worth of cash flow. I might have got it faster with big multifamily at the time, which I didn't understand, or office stuff, which I didn't understand. What I understood was everyone needs a home to live. I like that. That makes sense to me. What I also understood was it was in my relative neighborhood, within an hour or two of where I was. I like that. I can control the property managers. And if I need to see them in person, I can go see them. I like that. So I just stuck with that, right? It's purposeful to your goal. If you don't think you want to be an active investor, then you can trust someone like me or like a Quattro Capital and come into our larger deals. But you have to understand when you go with a company like Quattro Capital, you are investing in that company's ability to go do the investment for you. See what I mean? You own yeah. the property, but you're like, no, I gotta, I'm going to trust Mo to do it. Or you can go do something on your own. So it's, it's, it's tough for me to say without like really getting into your mindset and understanding the, the true goals behind it all, which is what I do with my coaching students. But this is a little bit different. Yeah, no, I understand. And I, initially, I think that's what I'm, I know this, what I'm trying to do is to just replace the bills, you know, cover the bills. And then from there, figure out, you know, how to then add on, you know, mm -hmm. to, to bring in you know, additional, additional funds. Uh, and then I'm just trying to even figure out how long I, do I want to work for you know, companies. Um, I haven't figured that out yet. I mean, if if obviously if I hit the hit the lottery today and I had enough, right, I probably wouldn't work for you know the company. I probably would do my own thing. Right. But, right. But um, but yeah, I'm just really now realistically trying to figure. Okay, should I do this? You know, ten more years. Uh, maybe. I mean, I like what I do for the most part. I mean, I, I like what I do. I don't like the politics necessarily, but I, I work from home. Uh, I'm probably like 95% of the time I'm working from home. I, I go out to Cincinnati, Ohio, maybe once a quarter for maybe like four days. Mm -hmm. um, other than that, you know, it's, it's all, it's all working from home. I do get up at like 4.30 in the morning because I started 5 a.m. Mm -hmm. um, That's to a meet good day the, right there. You're, you're, to meet, you're, yeah, to meet the East Coast time. Yeah. But, you know. That sounds I mean, like no, a good day. No I, you know, and I, I, Sean, in my coaching, like, the financial freedom stuff is great. And we just nominally talked about like storing money and then getting to a point where you have enough for a down payment, buy an investment property. I got all that. So you, you kind of get the flow. But what I like about what you said, which is not 
totally clear to everyone is there are other freedoms too. There's geographic freedom. There's freedom to execute on your purpose. There's freedom to build meaningful relationships. I think people are freer than most when you are basing your life around a virtual gig. Honestly, you are. It's just that now, you know, you have these kids and you have this beautiful wife and you're, you're static in Vegas and that's, that's kind of where you run your life. But a lot of people have started to choose to be mobile in life. And mobile doesn't mean Sean going to Cyprus every week. That's not what I'm suggesting. But mobile can mean because you can work from anywhere and because your kids are smaller and not necessarily in the formal school system yet and all that type of stuff, you can go do stuff with your wife and go work from Utah for a month or go yeah. work from Cabo in Mexico for two months. That's the thing that I keep stressing to people that adults do not explore life anymore. Adults don't explore life. What's happening is adults keep thinking, I have to be financially free before I go do cool stuff. So we just stay in this rat race. But the funny thing is when we were kids, we never thought that way. We were just outside riding bikes, hopping a fence, playing hide and go seek, going in the woods, lighting something on fire, kicking a can. We just went to go do stuff. But you have this awesome virtual gig and I just wanna call it out. You could live freer than most, even with your kids. I have coaching students who are full on families with three, four kids who are now like one family, it's a brother, one family, two kids, Austin, he's a CPA, and they just moved to Jamaica for two months because he can do everything remote. Yeah. I'm like, why are you in Austin? Well, because <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. Well, I got to see my mom. I'm like, well, how often do you see your mom? Well, like once every two weeks. Well, great. Then get a flight back once every two weeks. Go do, go live life, you know? But at the same time, while you're living life and being intentional about that, build your financial freedom in the background. That's what I was always doing was building my financial freedom in the background. Yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely, you know, something that resonates with me. I, um, I actually was just speaking with my wife about this not that long ago, because we were talking about traveling. So, you know, we can just take a month and, you know, and go to France. Because, yeah. you know, we were talking just, 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 you know, just take a month and go. And just because, like you mentioned, because, you know, I have this remote, you know, thing. She said, well, what if they call me and tell me that I need to go be at a corporate meeting or something? I tell them I have, I have a family obligation or I just go and come back. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, what, what, it's a plane ticket. Maybe she has enough points. I mean, that's why I collect points, right? If I ever have something. But see, that's the mentality. Nothing wrong with your wife. I'm just suggesting that, like, change from if only to what if just change it right because it's just like um uh why, why are we holding ourselves back when it we could have been doing this stuff the whole time whatever it is that you want to do you know um anyway it's just for consideration i just wanted to highlight the fact that you have one of the most amazing tools which is a virtual job which means you you and your family can be doing quite a bit yeah, no, this is great. Um, and thanks for giving the tips. I, I couldn't remember how long do we have. Was it 45 minutes or an hour? Um, I think we have minutes? an hour. Okay. Um, yeah, I just, I was just trying to make sure I uh, cover, cover my list. I think we hit on the major things I had in mind. Right. I did promise you, let me go get that link now before I forget. Let me, let me track that down. I like on media, podcast. Raw recordings, and then I did. Hey, I'm breaking the money rat race. This one, I think this will be beneficial for you. You'll okay, have it cool. even before before people have it. Advice on one of the things just popped in my head. Advice on me finding properties outside of like MLS, where 
probably a lot of almost everybody's looking. Uh, you know, I don't know much about auctions or any other type of publications or. I wouldn't focus on, look, you can find property anywhere. You can find it on MLS. You can find it on Realtor.com. You can find it on Redfin. You can find it on LoopNet. I, I, while I do look for properties from time to time, or I used to look for properties from time to time, I was more concerned with the who versus the what. I was more concerned with building relationships with four or five different brokers who knew exactly what I was looking for and knew that they would get a commission if they could find me something to buy. So I let them do the work. I was too busy at work. Right. So that would be my 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 message to you is like. Sometimes it's OK to focus on the who versus the what. And you give them parameters and you say to them when you meet them, listen, blank, blank, blank. This is what I'm trying to do. I'm working with a mentor. I'm going to buy. I plan on buying two two rental properties a year. I don't want a one time transaction with you. I want to build a relationship where you know exactly what I'm looking for. And every time you see it, you get it for me. And then we go build something together. That makes people different. That makes people like, yeah, no, nah, I want to work with this guy because I can grow into something, right? So the chances of them finding you good stuff, as long as you come through and buy one or two here and there, it's very high. So you let them do the work. Would would realtor be? I know we could be broker, a broker and realtor. I guess could be one and the same. I guess, but would would you also consider the same thing with relation building relationship with a realtor or more so go to the broker i'm using it interchangeably i just mean a okay realtor. okay um, okay yeah i just mean a realtor i and and i that statement about building a relationship also stands for property managers too because property managers obviously you what i did really well was i established those relationships with those property managers in dc area and every time my realtor would give me something to buy Thank you, realtor. Let me buy this. Okay, property manager. Here you go. I just handed it off. Like, even if I could make, let's say I could make 8% cash on cash return with this property in DC, or I can make 15% cash on cash return out in Kentucky. I'm still going to do the DC one all day because I'm just plugging it in. I'm just, yeah. you see what I'm saying? It's the yes, system. Yes. Yeah, so while system. other people are going places, chasing returns and having to rebuild something everywhere they go, no, I was just like, no, let me just leverage the system that I have already. Yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah, dude. Uh, this is like not related to real estate. Okay. But you're, I think you're a mega so far, sci fi, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm so. five, five beta, five beta sigma over here. My man. The <laughs> <laughs> Pan Hellenic brother. My man, my man. We we are everywhere. We are yeah. everywhere for sure. <laughs> we know yeah. it's like it's like those degrees of you know connection that you don't really think about. Like so many people are connected in so many different ways, don't even know it. That's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> no, this is cool, man. I, I mean, I have enough to, information to digest right here, and and really, this and this has really truly genuinely helped me. Um, I, I've already been you know like researching this and. And the reason why it was really key for me to talk to you because there is so much information out here and some of it's noise there's so much on youtube and other platforms yeah, and people say you know, they, you know one person says do this and do that and, and it's just so much information and i needed to figure out okay make sure that i'm following you know like the sound advice and the best advice for me personally yeah. and then to be able to move forward um and, and i guess i guess i'm at this point in my life where i'm at least mature enough 
to not jump on anything that I necessarily hear because I've heard a lot of different stuff online. I know. And I, you know, I, like there's so much noise out there. I made a post about this the other day. You got to start practicing, practicing information diets. Find one or two things that resonate with you and just stop. That's why I give myself a bit of credit for doing the condos back in the day, because even though I could have chased something else, as I just expressed to you, I just got it from my realtor, gave it to my property manager, got it from my realtor, gave it to my property manager. And I just press repeat while other people are seeing the new shiny thing that shows up and they get so distracted. And now I'm going to go buy Bitcoin. And now I'm going to get a whole life insurance policy. <laughs> right. and now I'm going to do this. No, man, just at some point, get just enough information, brother, and just jump. And just go after that one thing and stick with it. And I highly encourage you, whether it's reaching out to someone like me the way that you did or hiring someone formally, get a mentor. Because that mentor will accelerate the time frame for you to reach that goal by magnitudes. What's the point? Like, why are we out here reinventing the wheel when people have already done what it is that we are trying to do, right? So if someone's trying to financial freedom, okay, they reach out to Mo. If they are trying to buy apartment complexes, sometimes they reach out to me, but I spend more time on the investor relations side of it nowadays, but they might reach out to my partner, Chad. He has led us through 30 apartment complex acquisitions in, 30, in, uh, in just over three years. He knows it. Why am I going to go try and figure this whole thing out? I'm going to pay for people's time, whatever your finances are, to the extent that you can afford it. Find someone who has done the thing exactly that it is you want to do pay for their time to get it done cool that's cool. my secret that's how i've been doing things so quickly in the past three four five years is i pay for people's time yeah i mean you're the first person i've ever, I've ever paid for the time to be honest with you and i should have did it years ago but i didn't know who to talk to i didn't you know credibility was a factor yeah man totally um so totally once i you know once i figured out okay yeah you know the guy's solid let me go ahead and, and do this so moving forward, if I wanted to get either your time or somebody, you know, you recommend, like, how yeah. much should I expect to be able to, like, how, how much should I expect to bring to the table for, I don't know how it's, how it's structured. Is it like for 90 days, 180 days? And, My formal coaching? Yeah. Or, or just these one-offs? Well, 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 well one-offs and formal, just like both. Well, you, you just did a one-off. And what I, what I, you're more than, you're more than welcome to do a one-off again, whenever you'd like to, you just go to the website, do a one-off. But what I suggest to people is like, be really prepared. I, I will give you as much as you give me. Like if you come with 38 questions on how I did this deal and this thing and how did you design your life here and how did you get this, this country and how did you build relationships with these people? How did you fail that coffee shop? I, I hit it. Like, let's go. Yeah. Um, so if, you, if you're doing a one-off, you know, know why you're coming and, and bring, bring questions like that and I'll, and I'll hit it. Um, the okay. formal coaching is a bit different. The formal coaching is three months. I've never gone beyond three months. It, it's not necessary. It is building lifestyle you don't need vacation from. It is exactly what I was kind of alluding to that you have the ability to do because you have this virtual career while you're buying real estate in the background to build your financial freedom uh, plan out, right? But we essentially, everybody, the way that I said, said adults don't dream, we forgot. So what I push you guys to do is to write down your perfect day. Where do you want to be? What does it smell like? Who are you with? How's your wife feel that day? Da, da, da. Are you overseas? Are you running your business? Like whatever that is. Then we set goals in time, financial, geographic, purpose, and relationship freedom buckets. We'll set goals. 
you have blockers to achieving some of those goals. Financial freedom, one of the blockers is you didn't know which, like what's the method and can I do real estate? No, you had a blocker. Well, the action item to get over the blocker is the things that you and I would co-create together. For some people, they don't have a virtual job. They wanna be around the world, yet they work for the US federal government in DC. Get a new job. Why are you just sitting there, right? So we'll list out all the blockers, we'll create or co-create action items to get over all the blockers and we hit it over a three month period. It's what do we gotta do? Who does Mo know in his network that can get stuff done faster? What is the approach? How does travel hacking work relative to geographic freedom? Who else can you connect me with who's already doing this in this place? We just attack lifestyle like nobody's business. But of course, finance plays a big role in that. So we do a lifestyle blueprint, but we also do a financial blueprint to get you on that schedule that I talked about and get you confident in executing that schedule, whether you're with or without me. But the, the formal coaching is a three-month coaching. We meet once a week, accountability calls, certain exercises. And then whether you do the coaching or the consultation, which you already did, I'm going to add your email to, we have a Slack group. There are people in there who've done full-on coaching and consultation, but at least you have a tribe of like-minded people who are trying to get more out of lifestyle in that, in that group, right? And that's what we, we were all missing. We're yeah. all missing each other because right. all we get is like, yo, what's the professor telling us coming out of college? <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, I love it. I, I definitely am going to, I know I'm going to do another coaching session. Sure. And, and like you mentioned, because I know I'm, I'm going to have more questions as we go. I'm going to make sure, I, you know, like you mentioned, I'm going to have some detailed questions, okay. uh, just some things that are on my mind. Um, I guess I'll, I'll send it to you beforehand too. Um, and then, you know, definitely talk it through. I try to, you know, I try to put some questions together this time around, nope. but they, you know, for, for me, they're so high level because I just don't know a whole lot, you know? No, don't worry. Well, it's, it's fine. No, fine. Do it again and come back and I'll be happy to meet with you, brother. It's, it's my pleasure. And I'll get you in that chat group right away. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. My pleasure, yeah. brother. Okay, now. All right, man. We'll see you again. You. See you on LinkedIn. Okay. okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. Take care, man. Bye-bye. Hey guys, this is Maurice, host of the Try Life On Podcast, and thank you for listening to another episode. I hope you are finding it useful in helping you design your own lifestyle that you don't need a vacation from. If that's the case, please consider dropping a review for me, whether in Apple, iTunes, or in Spotify. Drop a review, put some stars on it, give me some feedback on how I can make the podcast better, what information you are looking for. I am doing my best to get information to you on the Try Life on Principles, the five freedoms, how to build lifestyle, travel hacking, all of it. And I wanna do it for you. So please do a review for me. And until next time, my name is Maurice Philogene and this is the Try Life on Podcast. Peace.